0: The last word with Matt Cooper. Today it's Movies Time with Brian Lloyd Entertainment.ie Movies Editor. And let's start with The Marvels. Mm. Oh gosh, that doesn't sound <laughs> encouraging. Uh,
1: yeah, so this is the latest uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe property. Um, what's going on And this is Brie Larson returns as Captain Marvel. She finds that whenever every time she uses her superpower, which is described as hard light or electromagnetic light something anyway power beams every time she uses her power beams uh, she finds that she's switching places with two other characters one is played by Tiana Paris who people might know from Mad Men she played the character Don Chambers was Don's secretary and then another character called um, Kamala Khan who's played by this young actress called uh, Iman Vellani there was a TV series on Disney Plus called Miss Marvel that was out during the pandemic that was Not that popular, but the people that liked it liked it. It was kind of a cult following thing. Um, That's about the most unique thing I can say about this film. Is that you sound
0: completely underwhelmed by it?
1: It is. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I mean, there was a report in Variety earlier this week that kind of really talked about the fact that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is in deep, deep trouble. That Kevin Feige, the guy who's the the head honcho, if you like, (laughs) is being stretched too thin. That you know, the VFX crew have all unionized that uh, certain actors that were hired are now becoming disillusioned with it. Brie Larson is one of them who's in this. Apparently, he just has no interest in playing the role anymore. And when you watch this, you can tell that for everyone involved, this is very much a calculation. Like, the director... Of the- a chore, even, is it? Oh, definitely. A, completely a chore. I mean, a chore is it's is... <laughs> you can see some actors when they're kind of, like, boiling the pot and you know they, they can do good work but in this you can just see everyone is here just because they're contractually obligated and it costs too much in legal
0: apparently this is the 32nd movie is it in yeah. the Marvel's franchise Yeah. but it cost a quarter of a billion yeah. dollars to make let's hear a clip from the trailer Kel Danvers prodigal child of the Milky Way Nick Fury, my favorite one-eyed man of intrigue. How goes it out there? You know, cold, no air, space. Captain Marvel, the Annihilator. You took everything from me, and now I'm returning the favor. She's entangled our light-based powers, so we switch places whenever we use them. Strong theory. You can absorb light. I can see it. And Kamala... Who's Kamala? Hi. She can turn light into physical matter, which I have never heard of. I can totally show you. No! So every cliché thrown in there, including the music, has become cliché. It
1: is, isn't it? I could actually see the light leaving your eyes as that clip wore on. I could just see your soul leaving your body. I'm glad this isn't on TV. Um, Yeah, it's uh, literally every single cliché you can think of. And I mean, look, this was always a problem with Marvel films, that you could literally cut out, you know, 15 minutes from the finale of any film, slice it in with another one, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, because they never really had any kind of visual distinction about it. And, you know, I mean, the last uh, big property that was out for Marvel was um, Secret Invasion, which was on the TV series with, uh, with Samuel L. Jackson. That was very, very poor. Before that, then you had Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, and even Paul Rudd couldn't save that. And it's just, I mean, it is this thing of like, they're just constantly cranking these things out one after the other. And I think audiences now have cottoned on to the fact that it's you're just watching the same film with colours changed and actors changed a little bit, but it's pretty much the same thing. And if Marvel is going to sustain itself indefinitely, they are going to have to take some chances. They are going to have to try and either, you know, work with smaller budgets and give directors more freedom, because, I mean, these films are all made by an executive committee, or, I don't know, the thing will just have to kind of, it will tire itself out. And I think that actually is more likely, that the thing is just going to tire itself out and Marvel will just cease to be. It'll be like the whaling industry, it'll just be gone inside of a year or two. Like,
0: All right, let's move on to another movie. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. He's been in a lot of dross over the last number of years, hasn't he?
1: He had tax problems though. I mean who who among us wouldn't take cheap and easy work if we had to pay off the tax man. Like, I don't deny him his terrible films. Like, like some of them have been interesting, to be fair. And where does Dream Scenario fit in? Dream Scenario, I think, is one of his best performances in years. And it's not for the reason you think. You know, when we look at Nicolas Cage, we think of, like, you know, him screaming at the top of his lungs and he's throwing himself all over the screen and he gives these very outsized, outre performances. But in Dream Scenario, the character he's playing is the most... Uh, middle-of-the-road, completely inoffensive, middle-aged, balding academic who suddenly finds himself being inserted into people's dreams out of nowhere. And it's interesting because, I mean, the film is really just kind of a metaphor for celebrity culture and cancel culture and all this kind of jazz and the idea of how do people who have toiled away in obscurity for most of their lives and are almost kind of furniture suddenly deal with celebrity and suddenly deal with all of that does it go to their head easily do they lose sight of what actually they want to be and beyond all of that I mean what happens when it's on the downward slope as well and again like Nicolas Cage I mean I think he's such a gifted actor that he can completely suppress all of, it, all of his instincts to be over the top and funnel it into something that is very kind of familiar and recognizable. Like, he's just this kind of dowdy, middle-aged man that has a few foibles and a few eccentricities, but it's very, very real and very, very lived in. Who else is in it? Um, the only other person I'd say people would know would be Michael Sarah, who was in Superbad and was in a lot of those kind of Judd Apatow comics. He's grown up now though, is not he? He is a bit, yeah. He plays this like PR uh, guru that's hired by Nicholas Cage to try kind of manage the whole thing. And again, if anyone's ever served time in a PR firm or in a marketing agency, they will know this guy because he just spouts off the same crap that those people just seem to live on and he does it so well and so kind of clearly that it's, it 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 wasn't written it was heard and transcribed
0: One that isn't out yet, that's about to be made. What's this, another uh, video game been turned into a live-action movie?
1: Yeah, so Legend of Zelda has been turned into a live-action film from Nintendo and Sony Pictures. I have to say, I am excited to see what they do with this, purely because I grew up playing
0: Legend of Zelda. Explain it for those who are not gamers.
1: So who wouldn't know? So it's essentially you're playing this character called Link, who is this... I mean, I could be here all day trying to explain this. Essentially... He saves this uh, princess called Zelda. Uh, She turns out is the key to this uh, almighty power that is ruling this uh, fantasy world. And that there is this other evil wizard called Ganondorf who wants to hold a pair. Um, That's very much the boilerplate of it. There's a lot more into it. It's actually a very kind of, I would say, intricate story that probably would be better for a TV series. I don't know. But to see it on the film, I think would be really special.
0: Is it going to be made with Japanese actors or is it going to be Western actors? I
1: would imagine it would be Western actors. I mean, the game itself, it's all, it's kind of coded as European Westerns, but then again, there are sort of East Asian and, you know, uh, characters in it as well. So yeah, I could see it with Western Western actors and I could see it with Asian actors. We've
0: got to leave it there. Brian Lloyd, Movies Editor with Entertainment.ie. Thank you. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today